What is up, quality people? Welcome back to a quality pod. My name is Joshua Prophet, and as always, I'm joined by my beautiful girlfriend, Kenya McIntosh. Yes, yes, yes. And we got a great pod for you. We need to switch those uh, <laughs> those names because I came in on the wrong sides. But we are doing good. Hey, you saw the title. The title is A Lonely Generation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Shout out to the quality people out there. We got on Cindy. Saying hello, hello from a very chilly state of MD, Maryland. Please pray for global warming. I think she's meant to come here. That's hilarious. I hit the wrong button again. <laughs> it's okay. All right, guys. Make sure to... All right, so we are going to get into our topics here in just a second. Hey, if you're listening or watching, or if you're listening on the podcast app, make sure that you give us a five-star review. Kenya, why don't you go pop up some of the questions, tell them how your day went, how Pilates session went, and I'm going to make a few adjustments as we you know, prepare for our show and wait for people to file in. All right. Uh, we already said hello to Aunt Cindy. Aunt Cindy, you're very funny. I like you a lot. Um, we have luxurious elements in the house. She says, good evening, all. I'm sure that's what she meant. Um, okay, let's talk about, I guess, my Pilates. Um, it's very hard. It's very hard. Every time I go in there, I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this today. I got this. It's not going to hurt. I'm fine. I'm stronger than I was last week. And then... When I start, it's it's a different story. It hurts, and but I love it. I I really do enjoy it. And we have T Mac. Hi, mom. She says hello, everyone. Um, yeah. So tell me how y'all's day was. How was your day today? Let me know in the chat. What was your favorite thing you did today? I can tell you my favorite thing I did today. What's that? My favorite thing that I did today was preparing for this quality show and communing with the quality people. We got Aunt Cindy, T-Mac in the house, Luxurious Elements in the house. Glad you guys could be here. I'm excited for this show today. Um, before we get into our segments, um, we do have a question that we missed yesterday um, that was sent in by my mom, Sonia Prophet, who's a regular in the chat. And she said, how can we build a better community? Where does it start? So I thought that would be a great question to open with. And you want to go first? Okay. Um, read it one more time for me. So it says, how can we build a better community? So mm -hmm. that's part one. And then part B of the question is, where does it start? Okay. How can we build a better community? Um, I think... Oh, I think it starts with the value system. Okay. Answering the second part of the question. I think it starts with the value system and morals. I think that's right. where community starts. But how we go about doing that... Um, I think the biggest thing is like if you don't see it there, then you create it. I think that's something 
Chelsea, she said one time on our interview, she was like, she didn't see any Christian communities around where she was with girls her age. So she just made it. So I think we have to take, sometimes we have to take the leadership role and do it. No, I I agree with that. And I think uh, for me, how I would answer the question is, I think we have to get back to the mindset of if we win, then you win. Or if we win, I win. Um, It's like this more of a team mindset because that's essentially what a community is. It's a team of people, you know, working together to build life rather than, you know, a team working to accomplish, you know, winning a game or winning a championship. And so a lot of our culture is focused on I, what I can do and what's going to be most beneficial for me. But just like in a team sport, you have to sometimes sacrifice what's immediately you know, beneficial for you in the short term so that everybody can win in the long term. It's like, hey, if I put this bunt down as a baseball player or a softball player and I advance my teammate, it's like, yeah, my average, my batting average doesn't go up, but I got my teammate in a position and that could be the run that we need to win the game and help us to advance in our season or potentially help us to win the championship. And so that's how the mindset that we have to Build. It starts with everybody individually recognizing that, hey, this thing is bigger than me so that we can build a strong community. That's how I would answer that question. Amen. So I like th- your perspective. I appreciate it. And thank you to my mom for um, giving us that quality question. Let's see. T-Mac has something to say here. What did she say? Oh, she was sharing what she was doing today. We are pooped from moving your sister in summer dorm. My hamstrings are hurting. Oh, mama put in a full day of work. I am not mad at you. Go take a bath. Yes. No studio for you tonight. You you deserve (laughs) some rest, some well-earned rest. But like you see the title, it says... A lonely generation, and that is exactly what we are going to be talking about, why Gen Z is so lonely. And if you stick around to the end, to our last topic, you're going to see Jackie Hill Perry give some interesting perspective that I think hints at the solution for why or for how Gen Z can escape being lonely and build the community, in a sense, uh, like we just uh expounded upon so let's get into our show thank you quality people for rocking out with us here we go lonely gen z man this is a problem guys gen z is the loneliest generation guys make sure that you because we are on a mission to spread practical religion so I found an interesting video, and it's uh, basically going over some data of how Gen Z has statistically proven to be the loneliest generation, pre, and that predates the pandemic. So not including the pandemic, all this data was calculated before the pandemic. So here is an interesting video. Let's get into it. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And there's a sense in which I don't... All right, so I normally don't post... In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. All right, so I normally... All right, so quick personal story time. One of the loneliest periods in my life was when I moved from Oakland to Texas for my freshman year of high school. The transition to Texas life was just overwhelming and depressing. I hardly made any friends and I never really adjusted. And as a result, I isolated myself. So like even now to this day, whenever I'm feeling kind of down, I'll isolate myself and just kind of go into like this deep funk. Hold up. That's actually kind of sad when you think about it. 
it's like the default is to immediately isolate yourself and to go into a shell. Rather than going towards friendships or family. Not even going towards friendships. Like the friendship should be there. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, what have we really gone so far away from the communal aspect and the social, the real social interactions of our life that now people are defaulting to just being alone and isolated? I think that's really sad. Well, I think people do it because maybe they feel like whoever they do have around them won't really understand what they're going through. So they're like, oh, well, let me just but see, that's, go into my shell yeah. and figure it out myself. No, I think you're you're hitting a pressure point there. But that's also another issue. It's like we're all human. And yes, we're all going through experiences in a different way. But we're all going through, we're all kind of, we're different, but we're all the same in a sense that we go through very similar things. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it just takes talking to somebody to help you work through these things. And so the mindset that, oh, nobody's going to understand what I'm going through is also a problem. Like the fact that they think that is also like a problem that that is, you know, further adding to the issue. Yeah, and I'm really glad we're talking about this topic because it's something I went through often. Mm-hmm. Like years ago, so no, I definitely yeah, went through I definitely this. got some input, you know. No, I definitely went through this in college, and yeah. then it took coming back home to see that, oh, no, I got family, I got good people that are always around me, and all it takes is understanding that they're there. And if I just open my mouth and talk, whether I'm talking about, you know, great things that happen, you know, just mundane everything, day things that happen, or the bad stuff that happens, it's easier and better to bear the struggles of life with these people in my life rather than you know going and isolating myself so and just be lonely (laughs) like i have to physically remind myself like hey you have friends you have family there's people that care about you and no matter how valid this feeling is of loneliness it'll pass which is nuts right you know it's like having to remind yourself to breathe or to eat or you know skipping the opening credits on whatever you're binging on netflix For a long time, my generation, the millennials, was considered the loneliest, that is, until we were bumped off the podium by Gen Z. Now research is saying, (laughs) man, why did my generation have to come in? And we were the the forefront because we're the oldest Gen Zers. Yeah, we are. 1997. Wow. Man, so, yeah, it's not good. That's not good. They're the loneliest. And again, this was published before the pandemic ever happened. Now, check this out. I found this huge survey that's been given to over a million 15 and 16 year old students across 37 countries every few years since 2000. And in this survey, there are six statements about loneliness at school. Things like, I feel like an outsider or left out at school. And I feel awkward and out of place in my school. And students have to rate each statement from one, strongly disagree, to four, strongly agree. The higher the number, the higher the loneliness. And guess what researchers found when they crunched the data? Most of the students were not lonely, and the subset that was stayed pretty much the same between 2000 and 2012. The only thing more consistent in the 2000s was racism. But from 2012 to 2018, it was a different story. While still in the minority, the number of lonely students nearly doubled. So in a span of six years, 
almost twice as many students felt lonely compared to the previous 12 years. So what do you think happened in a span of six years that basically doubled the previous 12 years, so almost, in a sense, quadrupled it? I mean, social media popped mm. off pretty yeah. well in that time period. The smartphones, social yeah. media, people, you know, literally doing this instead of doing this. Yeah. And no, yeah, I can definitely agree. And it's crazy because it's social media is a great human invention. The internet is a great human invention. And when it's utilized properly, it can connect you mm-hmm. to people who are, you know, distant from your life or had to, you know, leave for a season or away on trips. It, it's it's a way that connects us in a way, but it also can isolate us if that is all that we are doing, if that is our whole identity, and we're not actually utilizing it to enhance the relationships. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be used as a substitute for human, you know, interactions and interpersonal relationships. That should be supplemental. Exactly. Now, that's a pretty massive increase in a short period of time. And again, this is years before the pandemic even hit. And this same kind of trend is playing out on a generational level, too. A lot of research is showing that each generation is lonelier than the one that came before it. So Gen X is lonelier than the boomers. Millennials are lonelier than Gen X. And Gen Z is lonelier than them all. But don't worry, I'm sure. Wow, that's crazy. It's very sad. It's like each generation is getting lonelier. That's a, it's like now we, what is the solution to reverse this trend in a sense? And that's not saying that this is true, but when you're collecting data and you're looking at trends, they tend to be generally true. So Mm -hmm. you can make generalized statements and you actually kind of see the results of, or the, the, yeah, the results of this finding because a lot of, you know, people, who are taking their lives is up, is increasing. People who are reporting to have mental health issues is increasing. Now, granted, it, the stigma is, you know, has been lifted to where people are more open to talk about their mental health issues. But at the same time, it's like, man, it's, it's like, this is like everybody. It kind of seems obsessive. And so what is the solution? Well, we're going to tell you the solution. Just hang on. For the next generation, I'm pretty sure they're called Generation Alpha, will be lonelier than them all. So count your days, because it's coming. I can feel it. So the first thing that popped into my brain after reading all this info is pretty obvious. Why? (laughs) Why are we getting more and more lonely? Now, if you're familiar with how this show works, you know there's no simple, easy answers as to why we feel lonely. So to start answering them, I thought, why don't I ask Gen Z? Why do you think you have this rep of being lonely? Now, before he gets into these few little interviews that he posts he says like there's no simple answer but (laughs) let's look at the 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 theme of what everybody says here the girl with this mentality that their problems are their own and that they'll just be an annoyance if they just tell their feelings to other people we don't really like to go out and socialize with people we don't know we tend to just stick around with our friends that we've been with for years or i'm not sure if that's necessarily true i think that's uh the difference between maybe an introvert and an extrovert but because i know a lot of people who are like no i want to go out mm-hmm. right but when they go out it's not necessarily for the purpose of 
human interaction, right? It's it's to do something, whether it's to like, it's almost like to go achieve something that they think that they're supposed to achieve. Like, oh, I'm going out to get wasted tonight rather than I'm going out to, to meet new people, to meet new people and experience, you know, what other people can bring into my life. It's like, I'm doing these things because I'm supposed to do these things because I'm at this stage in my life. And the best example is college. Like, yeah, I'm going out this Thursday night. I'm getting wasted because that's what college kids do. And it's like, no, that's a horrible reason to go out. It's like, yeah. I'm not saying that you can't go out, but it's like, you when you go out, maybe be more purposeful about the reason that you're going out. It's like, I'm not saying that you can't drink, of course, if you're of age, but it's like, maybe try to meet new people See what you see, what new friend can come, see what you can learn from new people and see how that can benefit you in your, you know, daily life. Yeah. And it kind of makes me think of Anton Daniels. He Mm. purposely goes out to bars or goes out and just walks around the city to get to know people, to talk to people, to build connections. Yeah. Because he says your network is your net worth. So, I mean... That's true. But if you just go out and you're seeing people double the whole time, it's like you're not really networking with people. <laughs> you're not really building like relationships with people. Yeah. Or if you're just going out just to experience the the going, the the fact that you're out, you're still not building, you know, relationships that could help you in the future. You're just mm-hmm. kind of just letting life happen to you and rather than making life happen for you or just mainly by yourself with social media and like just being able to like communicate with someone like all the way across the world it's freaking amazing but it's not the same as to like making a one-on-one interaction and me having a conversation with someone i don't really get to interact with the outside world because i'm busy on social media there it is there it is a sad reality (laughs) is everybody is distracted in some sense. That is the theme, is they're not putting their focus on, you know, establishing these relationships. They're not putting their focus on not being lonely. And so the consequence and the effects of how we are uh, decided to live our lives is making us actually lonelier. In my room, instead of doing other productive things, like maybe my homework or going outside for a walk or even talking to my family, And I've noticed that that makes us feel lonely. Yeah, so, I mean, there it is. She said, she, the last girl hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Which was like, hey, instead of doing more productive things, I am choosing to be less productive and Mm -hmm. not work on these things. And the consequences of that are, I'm lonely. Um, I'm, and, from loneliness, you know, births a whole slew of other things, side effects, anxiety, depression, mental health issues, all that different things. Because like when you're just left to yourself in a hole and you feel like you have no support system, then, I mean, it's just a feedback loop. And you just keep digging a bigger and bigger hole until, sadly, some people dig a hole that they can't dig themselves out of. Yeah. Yes. So let's get into our points first, starting with Kenya's point. And Kenya's point is... There's a difference between loneliness and being alone. Oh, please tell us why you decided to... Well, why is this your point? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you thinking? Yeah. So I was watching the video. It kind of brought me back to when I felt lonely. And there was a point where... 
um, I'll get into like my story a little bit later, but there was a point where I was like, okay, I'm on my walk with Jesus. I'm on my walk with God. I'm kind of studying like loneliness, being alone kind of thing. And I learned that loneliness is more of an emotion, whereas being alone is like your setting is it's it's where you are currently, like if you're like alone in your apartment right. or something. It's something that you're doing in the present. Yes. Yeah. So, and I learned like God works through you when you're alone. Like when you're alone, God has the opportunity right. to honestly do whatever because you you have no yeah. distractions. You have nothing that can hinder that right. interaction right there. It's so. like that's, that's their secret place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So... That's my big takeaway is I think if people understood that there is beauty in being alone, but understand you have to be purposeful in that emo- in that moment alone too. Amen. Amen to that. So you had a Bible verse as well. Yes. And it was Isaiah 41.10. Yeah. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I chose that one because, I mean, I feel like it's the opposite of what loneliness feels like. Like you feel like you're well, obviously alone. You feel like no one understands you. You feel like you're kind of weak. Right. And I think that Bible verse is like the opposite. It's hopeful. It it shows how having God in your life mm-hmm. can turn those things around. Right. And also having God in your life, when you recognize that, you're you're never really lonely because um, God is always in front of you and so or above you. So we always use the, the mountain analogy. So mm-hmm. I can, now that I've recognized that God is in my life, I can, you know, start traversing up the mountain and when I do that, then I'm, I'm causing myself to grow. I have to grow. I have to put in more effort. I have to work harder. I have to get stronger so that I can, you know, elevate myself and become more like Christ and draw closer to God. And when you recognize that, then you're not alone because you're actually going to be living out the word. And part of living out the word is the communion of, you know, the believers. And so you'll you'll naturally start to come out of that funk, even if it's, you know, day by day, minute by minute, second by second. So I have a point. And my point is stop using social media as a substitute for real human connection. It is akin to using filler instead of the real meat. And I chose that because that's what a lot of people are doing. They're, They're acting like social media is the end all be all for, you know, like all my friends are online. And I think it's great to have an online community, like if you're a gamer or, or what have you, but you need to have a sense of real human interaction, whether it's your friends. Um, of course, like if you're a believer, you should be plugged into at least a group locally, um, if not a church locally to where you can, you know, meet with people and just talk about Life. I mean, not even necessarily all the time about Jesus, because the whole point of worshiping and believing in Jesus is to, you know, have life and have life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. And so when 
you are walking through life with other people, then that is allowing you to live a better life in a sense, in a more spiritual sense, not necessarily in a material sense. And so that's why I chose it is a lot of people are using this as an, a way of saying like, no, this is, this is the real thing, but they're playing themselves because <laughs> it's, it's not real at all. It's literally not real. It's literally, you know, this virtual reality in a sense, not like the VR, but um, everything is digital. And so we long for the, the interpersonal contact like we're doing right the now. Facial expressions, yes. the hand motions, all of it. Exactly. And what social media has done is actually contributed to a large social status gap, which is much like what's happening with the wealth gap. It's like the richer are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer and that there's a separation. And social media has brought about the same thing because it used to be back when, you know, like before social media, the most popular person in your town may be nationally known. I mean, if they were like Oprah, okay, like they're Oprah, whatever. But now the most famous person in your school could have like a million followers on like Instagram or something like that and be like internationally known. And that makes you feel like, man, I'm nobody if I only got 400 or followers or subscribers or whatever. And that's simply not the case. Um, you can, like, everybody has equal value under the eyes of God, and we all have a different part. And so placing social media as, you know, the highest focus and saying, like, okay, this, is, this kind of measures my worth, that is, I think, one of the biggest problems. So the Bible verse that I have for this is, Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. And I chose this because when people are truly operating in love and when they're communing with one another, which that's kind of my definition of love, is like the communion of persons, um, sacrificing yourself for the, the team, essentially, for the community. Um, when that is happening... Um, and you're loving people unconditionally, so regardless of their faults, regardless of their sin, where they are, then that actually gives them the freedom to be able to be better, right? And so I always say, treat people, meet people where they are, but treat people for what they could be. And so that's what we have to do. We have to treat people with love to give them the space to be able to, you know, climb the mountain towards Christ. And it covers sin, much like Jesus died for our sins um, on the cross. It's like that love that he displayed on the cross is what's covering sins. And so that's what we also need to emulate as believers. That's good. I like it. Hey, we want to know what you guys think about this below in the comments. Um, before you go, make sure that you like this video. And until next time, don't be the, so the alpha and the omega. You, you no, I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. I was. That. <laughs> we'll be right back if you're live. Focused on my thumbs up. So, Monday, we are starting a new podcast with me. It's going to be called Profitable Conversations. Basically, this is going to be my podcast where I 
explore my big ideas, but I'm also going to be exploring big ideas and walking through testimonies with people that I am close to that I think are cool. And it's not necessarily all going to be just like scripture, scripture, scripture. It's going to be life experiences, how people have come to God through those experiences, how people view God in a variety of different ways, of course, like biblically grounded. Um, but yeah, we're going to explore a lot of different things and um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So profitable conversations, we're going to be starting those. Our first episode will be, we'll, we will produce it live on Monday and it will be every Monday subsequently after that. So you are going to want to tune in to that. So just... Yeah, so it's just going to be another, you know, podcast experience that we are going to offer on the Quality Life YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so. Yay, that's so exciting. Quality Hangouts. It's time to answer your questions, react to your comments. Guys, make sure that you. Because we're on a mission to spread practical religion let's hear from the quality people can you pop them up on the screen we got we got a new person in the chat deluxe <laughs> hey nat it's my sis natalie i've known her since i was eight my girl yeah i've known her since i was in college <laughs> yeah. yeah shout out to nat shout out to Thanks nat for welcome coming. to the quality life i think uh somebody asked what your um story about loneliness was yeah i was getting there i was getting there. okay go ahead all right my story with loneliness um i think as a lot of people go through once they go through like a breakup or something they're like oh what the heck am i supposed to do now so in that time period i didn't really i guess have like a personal relationship with jesus um and i was kind of like in a seeking mode and during that time, I just kind of like felt alone and then also school, like I just wasn't sure about what direction to go in with school and career, all that kind of stuff. So I was just like, I feel like no one understands me. I feel like um, I'm like underperforming. I feel like I don't really have like, no, I had, okay, I had a few, I had a few good friends, but overall I felt like even though they're good friends, they couldn't really understand like the situation I was feeling and going through. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just remember I was driving in my car. I was meeting one of my friends at a church called Passion City or Passion in Atlanta. We were going there and I was like. I don't know. I just remember like busting out in tears. I was like, oh, I just feel so alone. Oh. And then. <laughs> And then uh, the song by Tori Kelly came on, Never Alone. You know that song? Yes. Yes, that song came on. It was just speaking to me. It was like, we're never really alone because mm -hmm. God is right there, basically. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I am not alone. God is right there. And after that moment, I was like, okay, I'm good. Oh, Amen. That. That's awesome. I like that. I like that. So that was a, that was a great story. Thank you. That was Praise a great God. story. And now you're here. Here. Yeah, that experience has led you to where you are today, to yeah. the beautiful young lady you are today. Um, All right, what else we have in the chat? All right, we have from my earlier question when I asked what 
how their day was going. Oh, and Cindy's finishing up an assignment. Mm-hmm. She didn't go to sleep until 6 a.m. Get that degree. Yes, ma'am. Get that degree. She also says, we used to bake cookies for our neighbors at Christmas. That way they knew who we were. I have one neighbor that comes by on May 1st with a little flower for May Day. I give a single de Mayo gift. That's Amen. nice. Look at that. Now, it's important to know your neighbors because um, I just know from growing up, like we knew pretty much everybody within, you know, two, three houses down from us in both directions and across the street. And we had a, a good sense of community. And so we we knew if something were to happen, like we all had each other's backs. Um, if I needed or like my parents were running late for anything or I needed to get somewhere, we could always rely on our neighbors. If, you know, family that was in town wasn't available to, to you know, pick us up or fill in. And so... Building a sense of community with the people around you is super important, and I think that is really lacking in our society today. I think it's waning, actually. Mm-hmm. It's continually yeah, waning I would agree. to almost like nothing. Yeah, because I remember, I mean, I was like a military child, so we lived in like different towns all the time. Right. So I remember like growing up, like we were close to our neighbors. It's like, hey, what's up? We go to school with their kids. They go to right. school with us. And then as we got older... Um, in like my new neighborhood and every my recent neighborhood, it's like we don't even we just do the little hand thing, you know, like right. And then that's that's pretty much it. And I know a lot of people are like, well, it's more dangerous for kids to you know go out and be more, I guess, out in the neighborhood. But I think that's also a result of people not, you know, knowing each other. It's like you generally just don't go and up to your friend and harm them purposefully. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we had a better sense of community all the way around, then one, we'd be able to watch each other's backs for, you know, predators or for, you know, the people who are, you know, got a screw unloose. Um, and two, I mean, it would just protect because people that know each other typically don't harm each other as well. All right. Um, this is in regards to why people may feel lonely. She says too many people have been burned, so they may be afraid to try. I like that. That's solid. That's very true. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's a, similar to when we say like people have experienced church hurt, so they want they don't want to go back to church. It's like when people get burned, it you know makes them very reserved towards trying to put their put themselves out there in any capacity and so they kind of shield themselves off from the world which is honestly the opposite of what should happen um, they should seek out and see what community they can fit in so that they can actually thrive um, towards their strengths yeah that i have another story about that no go ahead girl. just full of stories <laughs> I today know. um it was when i finally found like a church home Um, in school and we had like Bible study and the topic was vulnerability and I was like listen I just have issues with being vulnerable like I just I just don't I'm not good at it and they were basically saying well we should be vulnerable especially as Christians we should be able to talk with each other um, in the sense of you should share with the right people you should share with the right community and it's still a work in progress but good stuff i like it i like it looks like we got a few more comments here 
T. Mack. She says, when I was a military brat growing up, the community was amazing, even moving from different bases. Always made friends because everyone was going through the same. Never felt lonely. We didn't have social media. I feel bad for today's generation. Social media has taken over. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and when you're in the military, that's an instant form of community in a sense. And it's a community that is, of course, nationwide. But even when you're stationed you know, overseas in different places, you're on a base with other people who are you know, in the military. And so when you go to school, you're going to school with other military kids who are experiencing similar dynamics that you are. So which is good. All right, that looks like we got one more comment. She says, have you seen the AI robot that is supposed to be a companion? They're trying to disconnect us from real human contact. Now, that's a real travesty right there. Yeah, it's like, sad. Are people really, I mean, I think it's a cool thing. Maybe, I mean, yeah, it's cool to be like, oh, yeah, I got an yeah, AI I talk, robot. <laughs> I talked to the robot, but again, it's they like when <laughs> that is the substitute for the real thing, mm-hmm. it's like, we're losing, you know, our focus and our direction that we should be headed towards. It's kind of cold too, you know, because you can't, if you try to hug it, it doesn't hug you back right, or it could it has, ho- hug you back, but it's just not, it's not the same. Yeah. It's like the consciousness of it is, is very, very, yeah, it's just, it's, that's kind of icky. All right. We're going to get in before we get into our second topic with Jackie Hill Perry solving the solution, or at least in our view, and we'll give you our perspective on that. Um, the solution of loneliness for Gen Z. We got a viewer sended video. So here is that. All right, so I normally don't post stuff like this, but it happened to me. So I figured I'd give y'all a heads up and let y'all know what's going on. Right now, America is going through what's called Scamageddon or the Scampocalypse. Where basically text messages oh are being sent out to your phone with links that if you click them, will add malware to your device, which would allow scammers to have complete and total access to your information, which includes your photo library and all your passwords. And apparently they're sending out like 350 million texts a day. Don't quote me on that number, but yeah, it's pretty wild. (laughs) And like I said, I wasn't gonna say anything until I got this text message. And that's when I was like, oh, it's real out here. And then I went. Oh, I was gonna try to read it, but it basically said like, hey, um, send like your information and did some yeah, digging on some back channels and some threads. And I learned that scammers are also sending text messages to try to get you on the phone so that they can record your voice and use AI to create a voice model. That's yeah, that's crazy. Cause then it's like, I could call you yeah. and you could hear my voice and you could think it's me with yeah. my voice inflections. But then that's see that's why you gotta have like safe words and phrases with your significant others or with just significant people in your life, not necessarily like your significant other. So like with your friends and family, like you should always be prepared to ask them a question that only they would know mm-hmm. if they were them. Like you're you're going to have to because if you get a call out of the blue and it sounds like it's from it sounds just like you, vocal inflections tone of your voice mm-hmm. i mean i'm gonna believe it's you unless you know i ask you you know inside question that you would only know mm-hmm. so that's crazy sounds just like you because then they will call your family and ask for money 
using the voice of this AI. They'll make up a story saying that you're in trouble and you need the money fast, whatever, whatever. Basically, I read a story about this happening to a gentleman whose grandmother actually went to the bank to take out the money, but fortunately his dad called him to verify first. So yeah, y'all be uh, safe out great. here. Don't tap on no links from somebody that you don't dad. know. Cause there's a ton of people out here trying to take your bag. So don't get hit with the BS. Be mm. great, I'm out. Don't be, don't let them take your bag, people. Please yeah. don't let them take your bag. Don't click on random links. Don't do it. Yes, please don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm serious. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. All right. So let's get into our second topic of the day. Holy is joyful. Quality people. This is the quality life. Make sure that you... Because we are on a mission to spread practical religion. Gen Z is lonely. But I think Jackie Hill Perry in her podcast on The Basement with Tim Ross had some very, very wise words and can speak to some sort of solution. And we will, you know, add our thoughts about exactly what the solution is to helping Gen Z with loneliness. But first, check this clip out. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And there's a sense in which I don't think people believe that holiness is joyful. I think they think holiness is begrudging. I think they have this sense that letting go of the world is letting go of something good. When in fact, letting go of the world opens your hands up to God. Amen. Who is good. He is good. He is the greatest good. Yes, that's he, right. He is, he is the creator of heaven and earth. That's right. And so it's, it's hard for me to conceive the idea that dying to self is not good for me. Now, I'm not even talking about heaven and hell. Right. Right now today. Right. Having joy in myself. You know how, why we have so much anxiety? So much depression? Why? We why? are entertaining people who put that in us. Woo! We're, they're not training us to set our minds on things above. They're not training us to cast our cares on God. They're not Amen. training us to see goodness in godliness. They're, they're not trained. That's discipleship. We're being discipled. Man, some heavy, heavy words. And she says, holiness is joyful in yeah. a sense. So what are your initial reactions to that video? Oh, my initial reaction I mean, I agree with everything that she said. Um, it kind of makes me think of, you know, in uh, Revelation, how they're talking about the angels and how they're like, holy, holy, holy. Right. That's just like what I picture, like just joy, just just reverence for God. Just like, yeah, holy, holy, holy. Like just light. I hear you. I hear you. I think a lot of people don't think holiness is worth it. Because holiness is a process, like the process of being sanctified, being made whole um, in the sight of God. And a lot of people want this instant gratification. They want, you know, they want to feel good now. And so instead of denying themselves, right, and denying the things of this world right now, they rather just, you know, get high. They rather, you know, take a hit of this. They rather feel good in the moment, you know, instead of, you know, delaying gratification and reaping a greater reward later because they're going to be in a better position to receive that reward. And so, and also when you receive the reward later, then you don't have to go back to continually 
you know, get another hit, get another dose, right? You just receive the reward and you are content. You have peace. And that is the process of, of becoming holy is you have to deny yourself. Um, I was looking at a comment that was left on one of our videos that we released earlier this week. And they were like, yeah, you have to continually pick up your cross and follow Jesus pretty much every day. I'm paraphrasing what they said. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the process that we have to take on every day. It's not this magical belief in Jesus. Um, and then it's like, everything's all good. It's like, no, it's like, I believe in Jesus. And now I have to, you know, follow him to the cross, right? I have to literally follow him up the mountain to Calvary because now he's at the top of the mountain. He's being crucified so that he can be resurrected and show the world that he is whole. He is the Alpha and the Omega, and I am following him up that. I have to put in the work to sacrifice myself, die to my flesh, right? I died to my flesh on the cross beside him, and... After the process is complete, I'm now a new creature. That's the the symbolism of baptism, and that is the process of you know being resurrected. It's like you're being made new, and that happens in, with big things in your life, but it also happens with small things in your life. And so big things are like giving yourself over to Jesus and making the conscious decision to aim in a better direction, but it also happens with smaller things in your life as far as like, okay, I'm going to be better disciplined at getting up and making my bed every morning. Like that's something small, but that can compound to being disciplined and becoming more productive and a better you know, steward of your talents in other areas of your life as well. All right. So we got points. So Kenya's points. What is Kenya's point? Dying to yourself gives you the opportunity to allow God to do a thing in you. And what is that thing, Kenya? Whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. So what might he do in you? Oh, transform you, draw draw you closer to him, transform your heart, you know, anything like that. I got you. I got you. So yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So we also have a Bible verse that... You sent in and you said or the bible verse you chose was psalm 1611 why did you choose that verse oh let me read it first <laughs> um it says you make known to me the path of life in your presence there's fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore and i chose that one because i feel like it went along with the video really well and i mean the part where it says you make known to me the path of life well he does that, but it's, I think it's our job to seek him for that path, to right. to want him to make it known to us. And I think in that process, that is a way of dying to ourselves because we want to know what he wants for us. Right. And that is subsequently going to cure your the problem of loneliness that leads to depression, that leads to anxiety. Um, things of those like things in that direction start to melt away because you're headed in the right direction. You're headed towards a better path. You're headed towards being, you know, made whole, becoming a new person every single day. So I think that was great. Amen. Now I have a point, and my point is. We are entertaining people who have no interest in building with us in love, yet we buy what they sell to our flesh. No, dun, dun, dun. no this is real. This is yes. real. 
Well, oftentimes we entertain people who, you know, and pedestalize people who don't have our best interests at heart, who aren't in it with us, who don't love us, who aren't trying to build community with us. And so like that could be your favorite social media influencer. That could be your favorite musician. A lot of these people not only are pushing selfish messages, but they're also... Um, living out selfish messages. They're making very selfish decisions, yet we are following them when we should be following Christ first and foremost as our ultimate guiding force in life. And then also building with people who have, you know, are, are building with believers who are, who are like-minded and letting that propel us towards, you know, having a greater sustained life and a more peaceful life. That is what's really going to solve the Gen Z loneliness problem is building with people who are going to be there for you, who who love you unconditionally, who accept you for who you are, but are going to push you for what you can be and what you can be in Christ more specifically. And so the Bible verse that I chose was Romans 8, 13. And it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And I think this is a beautiful Bible verse because either way, something's got to die, right? Uh, Everybody talks about wanting to be free. And it's like freedom requires constraint, right? And because you always have to make a choice. It's like there's a beautiful quote, um, you must suffer one of two pains, the pain of regret or the pain of basically what it takes to become successful. And that is a very good illustration of how we should you know go through life is when when we die to our flesh right and we seek holiness right we're going to reap a greater reward but if we are just giving in to our carnal nature and our carnal means well then we're going to feel like we are degenerating, right? Because we're going to, and we're going, and that's a, it's a vicious cycle because you're going to have to keep going to things that regenerate you. And then, you know, you're going around and around and around. And now you're just in this, you know, rat race and this hamster wheel of uh, essentially death because everything in your life starts to decompose. But when you die to your flesh, the irony is that you actually live. And that is the pattern of Christ, you know, dying to the flesh, the flesh that he was in for the everlasting life. So that life is actually opened up to you and that you can experience the fullness of life outside of just your carnal nature. So yeah, that's what we think. That's how we think the Gen Z loneliness problem can be solved from a biblical perspective, from a Christian perspective. But we want to know what you think. So if you're watching the replay of this, Make sure that you uh, check this video out next because if you like this video, you're definitely going to like that video. And if you're live, we will be right back. Until next time, make sure you are not right to serve the alpha and the omega. Like for the algorithm.
truth. Yeah, but here's the truth. Here's the the truth. truth is I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. So why in the world? I'm not saved because I'm a better man. Yeah, you're not saved because you're better than the other person. You're saved because you recognize that you, you need a savior. That you, well, yeah, that you need a savior and that you're not capable of living up to your own moral code. Because of that, now I can receive the grace of God and I can live out and extend that grace to others. Once upon a time, humans thought that the world revolved around the earth or the solar system revolved around the earth. Then we got new information and everybody had to change their perspective. And that's kind of how a spiritual walk is. First, we're earthly centered. We think about things that everything revolves around, you know, earthly materials. We chase after money, we chase after, you know, women or relationships or whatever the thing may be. And then once we get new information, once we're exposed to the gospel, then it becomes, you know, heliocentric, right? We're focused around the sun, which is Christ. A lot of people are disciplined in certain areas of their life. You're a go-getter chasing after this business. You're a go-getter being disciplined in your sport. But are you a go-getter when it comes to seeking the things of God? Like seek the kingdom of God just as hard as you do all these other worldly things and he will reveal himself to you. Like just as you want someone that's good character, that has good character and also attractive right. like you have to be those things too and i think right you have yeah. to be those things first also yeah so you can attract that you know it said you should never try to push someone to god so that you can benefit because that's out of order that's that's actually backwards the ideal thing to do is that you're both walking in god's purpose for you and then now you're in a position where god can bless you with a fruitful relationship Quality Hangout is the part two. Thank you guys for rocking out with us. Man, this has been a fun night. It's been a fun night. Make sure you... Because we spreading practical religion. Guys, um, let's see. It doesn't look like we have too many more comments. Thank you, Natalie, for stopping by. It was yes, good to good see to you, have sis, you. Uh, Even if it was just in the chat. Um, and then let's see, Luxurious Elements said, so excited for the new podcast. Yeah. So remember new podcast starting on Monday called Profitable Conversations. And so you're going to want to tune into that. It's going to be just a little bit different, but I mean, still the same quality content. I like it. I like it. Um, but other than that, um, we have one more fan video to get to that we're going to react to before we get out of here. We want to thank you guys for rocking out with us. Um, make sure that you share this with your family and friends. I think Aunt Cindy said that she shared on Facebook, I believe. I believe that's what she said, something like that. But yeah, make sure that you share this with your family and friends because uh, we don't want to be quality by ourselves. Like, not at all, not at all. No. But uh, let's get into this fan video. The distance from the rubber to home plate is 60 feet, six inches. Okay, this is out of fan video. Well, I'm a fan of myself, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is a video I found that I thought was super interesting because of course I grew up playing baseball and now I'm in the middle of a softball season. And this blew my mind when I saw it about Basically how hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things to do. So sit back and just let your mind be blown by 
how almost physically impossible it is to hit a baseball. Subtracting five or six feet to account for the pitcher's stride, it takes a fastball traveling at 90 to 95 miles an hour, about 400 milliseconds to get from the pitcher's hand to the catcher's mitt. The batter is already at a disadvantage because it takes the human brain around 80 to 100 milliseconds just to process the image that the eyes are taking in. What? On top of that, it's going to take 150 milliseconds on average to get his bat around to meet the ball, and 25 milliseconds for his brain to send the signal to his body to swing. That leaves him with just 125 milliseconds to gauge the pitch and decide whether or not to go for it. Hold up. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Now, then you imagine like people are, you know, throwing fastballs and sliders and change-ups, and you don't know what he's going to throw. And so you're guessing based off of, I mean, you're not, well, you are kind of guessing in a sense, but um, we, we all have like these little, you know, trick tips and tricks to try to get an advantage of picking up the ball as early as possible so that we can have the best possible chance of, you know, hitting a pitch because it depends on where the pitch is located on the plate, how it's moving, um, what the speed is like there's so many different factors and we have 125 milliseconds to decide to swing that's to decide to swing not even to make contact yeah, blows crazy. My to put this in perspective it takes 300 to 400 milliseconds just to blink if the pitch looks good whoa 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 so we have 125 milliseconds to decide to swing but it takes 300 to 400 milliseconds to blink. Do you blink when, you, when you're about to hit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they would have to do like a super slow-mo. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The batter has a 7 millisecond window to meet the ball in a position where he will put it in play. 7 milli. A milli, a milli. Sorry. That's crazy. That is crazy. Blows my mind. Oh, hey. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome to the show. Mama Prophet is in the house. Yes, she is. I know she's working late today, so she does get a pass. But yeah, shout out to all the quality people. Thank you guys for rocking with us tonight. We had a great show tonight, and we're continuing to have a great show because of the support of you guys. So we can't thank you guys enough. Um, do you have any last words before we get on out of here? You're not alone. God is always with you. Amen to that. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's show will be at 6, either 6 or 6.15, somewhere around there, because I got an 8.15 game, um, and... We're still undefeated at the games that I have played in, <laughs> but we still have that one blemish on our record. So yep. uh, we play the Kakembas tomorrow, and they're a pretty solid team. So, but as long as we, you know, do our thing, we should be fine. We should be fine. So, hey, remember, don't be beta. Serve the alpha and the omega. We will see you tomorrow around six. And uh, have a great night, everybody.